You're listening to Sir Smodcast Internet Radio. By podcasting and making their own short films with Tito's own hyperphotonic media. <laughs> www.hyperphotonicmedia.com. <laughs> Hyperphototo media. That shit is <laughs> hypermelodic. <laughs> Hypermelodic, everybody. Read in outer space. <laughs> hey, folks. You just heard Kevin Smith and Jason Muse. Yes, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, friendly mocking uh, hyperphotonic media. But if you're into some really kick-ass shorts, some superhero theme ones, some excellent dramatic theme ones, and ones with a fat guy in them, uh, go check out hyperphotonicmedia.com. You get some of Fort McMurray's finest short films, uh, like Connect, uh, where you try to see a man that... uh, tries to make friends with a robot. And then you can check out uh, Relationship, where you actually find out just what motives robots have uh, in this day and age. And also you can check out a movie that just got selected to screen at the Pawtucket uh, Short Short Stories Film Fest in Rhode Island. Uh, same place, as I believe, as Family Guy <laughs> is filmed in the cartoon world. Uh, but yeah, Playing With Toys will be featured in the, that film festival come October. Uh, so you can go on hyperphotonicmedia.com and check that out. And you can also check out the trailer for Nighthawks. Uh, amazing, amazing film that's going to be screening at this year's Las Vegas City Fest, uh, August 25th to the 27th at the Tropicana Hotel. Uh, Wyman Podcast will be there celebrating the epic event, so if anyone's going to be in Vegas at the time, let us know and uh, come party with us. Sure, sure to stay tuned to hear all the uh, going-ons as uh, Tito returns from his epic trip uh, to see Nighthawks screen at the Vegas City Fest, but check out hyperphotonicmedia.com. Uh, find them on Facebook. Uh, they're on Twitter at hyperphotonic, and uh, check them out and enjoy some classic uh, Fort McMurray short films. Hyperphotonic. That's right, photonic, baby. It's radical in photonic weed space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling on Pistunches. Give me some weed in outer space, man. It's gonna be awesome. We're all gonna be so fucking high. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the YMN Podcast, and of course, I'm Todsky. Normally we hear a geeky voice come in at this time, but uh, he's off gallivanting around the country, so 
I am now blessed with uh, the three finest of uh, Fort McMurray. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Teresa Wells, and I write McMurray Musings. McMurray Musings. We're going to come back to that. i got a funny story with for you in a second. <laughs> go ahead. And I'm Shannon. Speak right into it, girl. And I'm Shannon. Remember what happened last time? Okay, we got Shan. Shannon's back again. And via Skype all the way from uh, Australia, we have... <laughs> and hopefully it's coming through clear. She's hitting the volume level, so I might have to make a few edits. But hopefully we're sounding pretty good. So welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me. And, you've, of course, you should be able to hear the massive hailstorm in behind me. That's crazy. It's amazing. Really? Ah. There's a big, huge storm coming when I drove out of Edmonton, so I was wondering if this was it. But I just missed it because I had to go through uh, Athabasca. No, what I was going to say is um, when I first started talking with you, uh, you sounded kind of like me when we first started this podcast. It was like, oh, we're not going to do a website. Uh, now we're not going to get a Twitter. And uh, now we're not going to do this, this, this. And uh, all of a sudden, bang, everything just came all at once. You were like, no, nah, I'm not going to do uh, my own name. No, nah, I'm not going to do this. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. And look at this. You even said, I, you'll never get me on a podcast. And that couldn't have been more than three or four months ago. You're right. I only started <laughs> writing it four months ago. <laughs> Well, how did we first uh, start talking? Uh, I think I sent you an email and uh, just said that I'd listened to the podcast and I really enjoyed it. And I just started writing a blog and uh, sent you a link to the blog. How did you hear about the podcast? Were you one of the McMurray boards, the My McMurray boards? I think that's where I first heard about it, yeah. Uh, okay, the, yeah. the lovely, everyone started to fight and I just gave up. Absolutely, <laughs> me too. Walked away, walked away. But uh, kudos, uh, we actually reference your blog quite a bit on the show. It's an excellent blog. Thank you. What's the website again? It's uh, www.mcmurraymusings.blogspot.com. Ah, yes. So, excellent blog. I must say, you gave us plenty of material, and I am thankful very much that you've joined us on the show today. So, awesome. Thank I'm you very happy much. Happy to be here. The, um, Jen, actually, how's your blog coming? Well, um, people are reading it. There's quite a few people <laughs> that have read it, which is surprising. More people have read it than I have a Facebook account. So, maybe it's just my mother yeah, that's what we usually do with the podcast too. It's usually just me checking to see who's listening. I just keep opening it and close it again. So it just <laughs> seems like the number's really up there. So Jen, have you been keeping up with any of the stuff that's going on in Fort Mac lately? No, I um, I haven't been. I've only been keeping up with the interplay stuff, and I read Teresa's blog about um how how she found it and of course I listened to your podcast and I desperately wish that I was there to partake but I wasn't so um, (laughs) that's all I've been keeping up with what I'm interested to know is if um, there's any new developments on the case of the two boys who were killed the uh, the twin murders as far as I've heard, it's yeah. still under investigation. There haven't been any charges laid, and they're very tight-lipped about it, the investigation right now. I don't think officially we'll ever hear what happened. Like, every, I don't know, like, talking about it to people I work with and stuff like that, like, there's still the common theme. Like, it, each story varies slightly, but there's still a the common theme of drug deal gone wrong, right? Yep. So, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that, yeah, I know this for sure. I'm going to put a stamp on it, but... You hear the same. St- you hear the same thread over and over again. I'm pretty confident that something bad happened, and mm-hmm. I don't think they were really innocent going down there. But it was a shame. Uh, actually, a friend of mine was talking about it the other day. They were actually really close with them, and I didn't know that. So everyone was quite devastated because I think Teresa said it on Twitter once. You're like, who cares what happened? Uh, bottom line is a mother lost her two sons, right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. two young boys. Two young boys. And what grade uh, were they in? 
grade 11. 11. They were 17, right? Yeah, I think yeah. they're grade 11. In Merck? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But, Jen, there's also been something else been going on that I was kind of interested to hear your opinion. Uh, latest, uh, I'll let Teresa kind of take the lead on this one because she's got some, lots of info on it. But a city councilor of Edmonton and also a spokesman for the city of Edmonton has kind of been blaming northern workers for the murder rate in Edmonton. What? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's the reaction I had too, Jen. <laughs> so take us, what we, like, take us through kind of the step. Well, basically what happened is... That's, is, is very, that's a very convenient bailout instead of addressing the fundamental issues which are homelessness <laughs> uh, uh, and property and dealing with policies that need to correct those fundamental issues before, you know, they can see results with these these unfortunate people that are living on the streets. That's what half the murders have been about. You're right. I think you and I share a brain, Jen, because <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what I've been saying about this all along. But take me through the top because I think this started a couple. This came more like Thursday or something. Like I was literally on my way to Edmonton and I couldn't quite keep tabs okay. on what happened. Uh, well, I think that's when I sort of started writing about it. it was mm-hmm. Thursday? There was a city councilor out of uh, out of Edmonton named uh, Kim Kershell, and she gave an interview to the CBC. And the title of the of the article basically said that city council in Edmonton was going to consider the homicide rate when they convene again this fall. And in the body of the article, she said that uh, there was a problem, or there may be a problem, with northern workers coming to Edmonton to party. The implication, of course, being that somehow northern workers were involved in the homicide rate in Edmonton. But, like, that's such a fucking dumb statement to start... What? What? You're swearing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I never even realized. Sorry. <laughs> I think she knows what she's getting into I when she came I'm here. So. I'm good. Well, no, like, literally... Like we all knew it was high. Everyone's been, everyone's seen the article in the Sun, Edmonton. Like it, it's been, what is they got? They're at thirty three now. 33. And all of last year they had what twenty six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously it, everyone knows it's pretty sh- extreme. But like, did they just start? Did they be, they commented on this before at all, or did this is out of nowhere? They're like, oh, it's Fort McMurray's problem, or it's Fort McMurray has is it brings the issue to us. Like, where did this all? Like, where did it come from? I just mm-hmm. literally was it out of the blue. I've never heard anything before. I I hadn't heard anything before, but there was the. The chief communications officer for the city of Edmonton had also given an interview to the Calgary Sun. And from the dating on it, it looks like he actually gave that interview prior to the one that Kim Kershell gave. And he indicated um, that he felt dry camp workers um, were partially to blame for the homicide rate, again, in Edmonton. And in fact, the title of the article was, if I can pull it up here... Boom workers fueling Edmonton homicides. City spokesman. <laughs> I love how you have this all on your, on your iPad. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. First and foremost, a writer. The, um, so this is, this, this is a spokesman, Jeff Angel, right? Jeff or Angel, Angel. yeah. Jeff he's, Angel? He's new to the job at the, uh, the city of Edmonton. He is their uh, chief communications officer. And in the article, he basically said uh, that it was a petroleum-driven workforce blowing off steam, leading to violence that these workers leave their camps and the first big city they come to is Edmonton and when they come from a dry camp it's like coming to Disneyland <laughs> which I, I love, love that comment that's so <laughs> Edmonton's like, just like Disneyland oh, yeah, like, I've been to Disney literally he's, he's fucking like he's literally he's making it sound like everyone jumps off the plane and it's just like let's just hit every bar we possibly can mm-hmm, and get yep. absolutely shit faced like yeah I'm sure there's a handful of people like that but yeah, it can't I've be been, oh I've been stuck here we could kill someone that doesn't even make sense <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And this is a fucking spokesman that said this. Like, isn't that his job? Like, to talk? Hey, well, 
please clarify, spokesman for who said this? Who, who is this coming from? He is the chief communications officer for the city of Edmonton. So he is their city spokesman, their okay. official spokesman. How about, how about the fact that the chief police officer in Edmonton has said that the murder rate is actually a statistical anomaly because violent crime is actually on the decline in Edmonton. So that, you know, cancels out part of what he says right there. Also, um, 60% of the victims were homeless people living in the inner city. 30% were Aboriginal, more than 10% were Somali Canadian. So right away, they're starting to point out that this is an issue that deals with a certain demographic of society. You're talking, you know, homeless people, less advantaged minorities. Nowhere in this article does it mention anything about oil sands workers coming south and, you know, having a heyday. Not about that at all. And this is coming from the chief of police. And I'm pretty sure he would have a good idea of, you know, what this is all about more than anybody. And he is saying, you know, we need to put policies in place that target the fundamental issues, you know, that are going wrong here, which is having, you know, better rehabilitation for people that are dealing with addiction and stuff. That's what this is all about. But don't try and put it on Fort McMurray. One fuck is shit. Okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jen, we missed you on the show. The uh, well, okay. So the rate's at thirty-three. Last year it was at twenty-six. So it's already all, it's gone over, and it's not even halfway through the year yet, or it's halfway through the year. Obviously, there is another factor in, like, that. That's it's a high number, right? Mm. But from what I gather talking to the locals in Edmonton about this is that it's all, like, drug-related. Like, it's drug deals gone bad. It's it's the homeless problem fighting each other. Right. A lot of this stuff isn't, like, premeditated murder or anything like that. It's all just, oh, my God, we got into a fight and I forgot I smashed his head into the curb, right? Like, <laughs> well, no, like, is that... If I'm living in a city where, okay, fuck, we got the highest, we got the highest murder rate in Canada... Should I lock my doors at night, or should I be scared to, to take my son out to, to school? When you're dealing with that kind of stats where, okay, it's not someone randomly killing people in a parking lot in Walmart, then no, I, I really don't think you should. If you're going to go to the SNI at midnight and try to, to buy some fucking Coke or, or rip off a drug dealer, I think you got to kind of expect that this kind of shit is going to happen, right? Avoid the problems, av- avoid that whole scene, then you shouldn't be worried about living here. This is where I was shocked where they're automatically not going to... They're not dealing with, like, usually, uh, wasn't it back in, like, the late 90s or early 2000s where they just blamed everything on gangs? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was yep. shocked when they're like, oh, it's a Fort McMurray issue. I was like, holy fuck. They really mm-hmm. pointed a finger out of nowhere. It's politically expedient to blame the other guy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to address the problem in your own backyard, if you can blame it on your neighbor. But why us? Why not, like, Grand Prairie? Because why not? we're an easy target, and yeah. we always have been. Yeah. And I think 10 years ago, they could have blamed Fort Mac, and no one would have fought back. And now people say... Mm-hmm. We're not going to take this crap anymore, and you're not going to tell us what our problems are. Yeah. Well, kind of goes back to my... Uh, well, no, it goes back <laughs> to what I was thinking about, like, uh, for McMurray Pride. Like, it's it, it was always has been there, but it's never been... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Outed? Um, it wasn't as open as it is now. It, you, know, it, like, you didn't see it well, as no, much. There, there it was wasn't as... That, like, there's always that core of people that are like, oh, we don't give a fuck. Everyone hates for McMurray, but who cares? We know the truth. So like the everyone always knew how good Homer McMurray was, mm-hmm. but no one openly expressed it. it like like very much attacked people that talked bad about the city, right? Mm-hmm. Which I find was it's only been lately where people are actually like you said like hey hold on ten years ago we wouldn't have said shit but now it's like this isn't right this is this is not the truth 
Yeah. And especially with us, like, these are some high, like, a, a city fucking spokesman, a counselor. Yes. Like, yes. you never heard, you never heard nothing from Mandela. Eh? Uh, no, I got a tweet from him thanking me for my my input because I did send him an email after I emailed the uh, chief communications officer as well. Kudos to like, tell him, tell him what like you told me. Like, you you who'd you email? Like, what happened? Like, you I heard this? emailed Mayor Stephen Mandel. I emailed Jeff Angel, the communications officer, and I emailed Jeff Angel's uh, immediate boss. That's and, awesome. And uh, told him exactly what I thought. That's awesome. Um, but e- e- and, I, and I'll, I'll give them a bit of credit too, where they actually answered you. Yes. Like you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like like try doing that to like a mayor of New York. Like do you really think they'll be like, who the hell is this? This is like, what do you think? Or, or would that be their responsibility to do that? It is their responsibility, I think, to respond to the public as well as the fact that I I suspect they know that the world has changed a bit in the fact that um, there are people like bloggers and podcasters. And I have all the time in the world, and uh, I don't leave things alone. (laughs) It's really different now. I got nothing but time. I know. I would email them on a daily basis if I had to until I got some sort of response. Well, look at, like, how many years ago there was, like, social media wasn't like it is. Exactly. And none of them were even on social media. Now exactly. they have Twitter accounts and they have blogs or they have pages. That's a good point, completely actually. Completely different. Yes. Well, and I think that's sort of also what's changed mm. in how the message about Fort McMurray is getting out. It's because of people doing things like podcasts, mm. like blogging, yeah. like being on Twitter. We're actually able to control our message and we're telling our own stories. Mm-hmm. It's true. It, it gets uh, like I think me and Tito talked about this before. Like the internet, it, it gives you access to voice your opinion. Now, yep. what you do with that opinion and what people listen to it is oh, it's up to whatever the people want to hear, right? But when you focus on a place like Fort McMurray, where everyone has heard nothing but negative stuff, and all of a sudden you're getting people defending for if someone, like I said, this happened in mid '90s. No, oh yeah, it's Fort McMurray people that are coming down here and killing everyone. Everyone be like, oh yeah, Fort McMurray shit. That's just what it always mm-hmm. has been. And but all of a sudden you're getting a, you're getting a pushback now, and that's yeah. what's getting people noticing, right? From my perspective, it's weird when the lightning goes off, <laughs> feedback in my earphones. <laughs> kind of creepy actually and like in the 90s there weren't people on an internet website who were all talking about it either that's right you couldn't share your opinions and you couldn't all of a sudden have access to all these websites or yeah well even with that accident today like uh the uh the uh stars ambulance actually got wind of like soon as i seen the stars helicopter right like i wasn't quite at the turn going into the highway 28 yet and th- their Twitter actually said uh, Stars 4 Edmonton is responding to a, a call yep. on Gibbons Highway, Highway 28, right? And I was like, oh, shit, I hope that's south, not north. And then as soon as I ran out the corner, I seen the helicopter landing, and I just see nothing but lights, right? So I'm like, crap, this is the road blocked. Mm-hmm. Well, people are dead, which isn't good either, but it, it was just chaos. Everyone's trying to, like, turn. It was, mm-hmm. it, you're, oh, yeah. you know what it reminded me of is that, uh, remember that bus crash oh, a yeah. couple of years ago? yeah. Were you, how long have you been in town? Uh, almost a decade. Almost a decade? Yeah. How come you just popped up on the radar this year? <laughs> Social media. <laughs> um, for most of my time that I've been here, I've been raising my daughter. Really? And uh, now she's old enough. And I, um, I mean, the blog basically came about because I travel a lot. And I got tired of, when I was traveling, having people talk really badly about Fort McMurray to me. And they'd say it directly to me. Mm-hmm. I had some extremely rude comments in places like Vancouver and Toronto. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? If we're going to tell our own story, if we want the story out, we have to tell it ourselves, and I may as well tell it. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were only here a couple of years. Yes. She's back. Um, where are you from originally? I grew up in Saskatoon. Uh, I lived in Toronto for several years, and uh, I lived in northwestern Ontario for a few years, which is where my daughter was born. Whereabouts in northwestern okay, Ontario? Red Lake, Ontario. Oh, okay. 
We used to, uh, I used to live in North Bay. We had a place at oh, Bonnie, sure. Bonnie Lake. Yeah, of yeah. course, I've been to North Bay. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm just going to pop over and get my child and put him to bed. So I just, I'll just disappear for five minutes, and then I'll be back, and I'll have some uninterrupted time. Well, no, when you say that, it just reminds me of The Simpsons, where it's like, oh, go over to the neighbor's house and check the water. Pops on the bike, and it's like gone for two days. And she's gone. All right. <laughs> And it's taken us forever to get started here. I need to go get him and put him to bed. Yeah, that's my fault. I'm not <laughs> as much of a... Tito's gone for a week and everything just goes to hell. What can I say? Well, no, that, that's awesome. So, like, your daughter graduated high school? Is she gone? She's or? going into uh, junior high. Was actually. she the one that you were at the film fest with? No, that was your... No, that was my niece. Niece, Yeah, okay. that was my niece at the film festival. My, my daughter is uh, about to turn 12, going into junior high. Okay. And uh, and really, it's, it's again, one of the other reasons I started deciding I needed to tell our story in Fort McMurray is because my daughter is growing up here. She's Absolutely. been here since she was two. Yeah. This is her home. This yeah. is the town she will remember yeah. when she goes off into the world. And that's the same thing with, like, I'm an army brat, right? Like, um, born in Chilliwack, B.C., uh, been like a million different places. So I think about twelve grades of school. I was in eight different schools. I didn't know but that. You didn't know that? No, that's cool. No, the uh, yeah, we went born in Chilliwack, and then we moved to Gagetown. We were in North Bay. We were in Toronto. We were in Hull for a bit. Then we were in Halifax. Then we went back to Gagetown. Then to Edmonton. Then to here. Oh, okay. Yeah, my brother was born somewhere in there. The uh, joined <laughs> us. Uh, but yeah, um, my mom took an early. She last posting was at Edmonton. Uh, the old Nanaimo base, and uh, she took an early retirement package. Uh, she, she was in there for 20 years and got a full pension out of it. But my dad was up, ever since we moved there, my dad was up here working because okay. he couldn't find a job at Edmonton, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's how my parents came uh, up here. So he, w- he was doing, I don't know how he did it, and I'll give him all the credit in the world for this, of going back and forth, like only coming home on the weekends. That's tough. Cool. Oh, I don't think I could ever do that. I was in, I did the, like a, I think a three-month camp stint before when I was getting my EMT. And I've pretty much vowed after that, like, I need to be in my bed every night yeah. I come from work. I don't care if i got to drive two hours to do it. Because I just can't stand that being away from home, yep. let alone, like, staying in, a, like, a camp dorm, too. So, but yeah, so, this is home. Like, I came here when I was, uh, I think, 12 years old and, uh, well, met Shannon when we were in high school. And this is this home. This is home to me. Like, I am born in Chilliwack, but I, I consider this. I was born in Fort McMurray, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about your daughter. Like that's you're right. You're completely right. This is going to be home for her, and might as well make it the best image you can, right? But see, she's from here, though. She's going to know the truth to it. I find the people here do know it. I find absolutely. I think the people here do know it. The problem is again when she leaves here. Uh, uh, when we travel, she travels with us, mm. and she hears the comments too, and she'll say, "Why are they saying these things about Fort McMurray?" Yeah. She will actually now when we meet people when we're traveling who say things. She'll actually say, "Have you ever been there?" <laughs> Why don't you come visit us and stay at our house? That's good. Definitely, that's definitely mother's daughter. <laughs> well, you've been there? Then shut up. <laughs> well, it just goes like, I hear the same thing. I've only ever got negative comments when I was in Orlando. It's actually one of the stories that started the podcast was from the security guard. But other than that, I tell people like where I go, like Kauai and stuff like that, they have no idea what this place is or what it is. But I'm just wondering lately now with all the U.S. crap and how much oil we're exporting to them, or if it's going to become more on the map. More so. I don't know. I Maybe. was in London and Ireland at Christmas time, and you know what? They still don't give a crap. <laughs> I mean, they just started a massive campaign in England about, you know, do not, uh, no tourism in Alberta because of the tar sands. Yeah. I saw the billboards in mm-hmm. London, and I you know what? In Vegas. No one gives a shit. Same thing, They yeah. don't care in London. One they th- don't care in Ireland. One of the things me and Tito did when we went to uh, went to uh, Hollywood there, we were, like, because California had that too, the, uh, what is it? 
Stop Alberta, don't go to Alberta. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whatever campaign it was, and there was billboards there too. And every time we like we were on the streets there, we went in front of the the Chinese theater, which was mm-hmm. a nightmare because you're fighting between like I had the bike right, Tito's trying to film it, and we're just fighting over those fucking those costume guys. <laughs> and I did manage to talk to two people, and they had no idea what the hell we were talking about. No clue about oil. They were like, where does the U.S. get their oil from? They thought they dug it in like Wyoming or something. <laughs> it's like okay, yep. but I suppose that difference between American and the Canadians too, right? Uh, there's a thing for everyone down there mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know didn't you meet someone in australia or new zealand that knew before mcmurray or something was that you that has story about that you mentioned it on the podcast before but suncor is down in australia like they got yeah. like a company that, like which i'm surprised like cnrl's got a bunch of stuff in alberdeen as well yeah but so where have you been in, like in england like have you been to these spots or um well in england really i only was in london and then all over ireland oh, okay and uh, but London is one of the places where I actually thought people may have heard about it simply because mm. it is a very <laughs> urban metropolitan well, city, interna- and they do have sort of um, international market exactly an international yeah. market. So I thought perhaps people there would know about it. They knew where Canada was. They knew where Alberta was. When you brought up Fort McMurray, they'd kind of go, "Okay." <laughs> mm-hmm. The general person really just didn't care. Yeah, tell them where they're filming the new uh, Hobbit movie. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be all over it. Uh, mortar. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Jen, have you heard anything about Fort Mac down there? Um, I'm just trying to think. There was, um, a couple of years ago when I was in New Zealand, there was a documentary that aired on the Discovery Channel about Fort McMurray, about the oil sand. And that was a bit of a relief for me because a lot of the men that I worked with watched it and could have a better understanding of, you know, where I came from and why I would get into a trade, um, you know, with there's obviously quite a lot of job opportunity in this, you know, northern city where there's a ton of industry. And and it was easier for them to then understand what oil sands were because they only really could picture, like, drilling, oil drilling. So that, that was good. And so after that documentary aired, there was then a big article in you know, the the newspaper, and then so all these people were saying, oh, you know, I know about that place. I saw it on television. (laughs) I saw that on TV once. (laughs) Exactly. But, like, was it a New Zealand-made documentary, or was it just something, because I've seen a few of them up here. There was one that you tweeted the other, uh, I say the other day, this is probably, like, months ago. Maybe it wasn't you. That was on TV. It was some kind of, like, they said it was an oil science documentary on Discovery. Mm, but no. when I went to the Discovery Channel, it was something else. But, like, it was the name of a show. Like, a, it was a series, and they did a little cap on the oil sands. So I missed it entirely, but I wanted to check it out. But, like, what, was this was this New Zealand filmed, or did they just take it from here? Um, no, it was, it was a positive, well, it wasn't negative. It wasn't painting a negative picture. It was just telling the story of how they get the sand, the sand out of the ground, and and reclaim the land and you know there's a lot of emphasis placed on the size of the machinery that they use and you know how technologically advanced it's become and stuff like that it wasn't like a you know hate Fort McMurray type of program and that <laughs> well those are rare that's why I'm shocked maybe come again <laughs> All right, the delay is going to throw me off of Skype no it, that those are rare that's why I'm shocked yeah yeah so no, I already figured I'm going to edit this. I'm going to see the blind over here. Please. It comes on the, one of the Discovery channels, and well, now it's kind of nice to to see. Right on. The um, 
So just put a cap on this Edmonton thing. Like, where is you going to go any further with it, or what do you figure? Oh, I'm you're, not done with it. You're spearheading this, so it's it's your project. I'm, see I'm not done with it. No, not by long shot. What do you, what do you got planned? Um, well, I've challenged them to to show me some statistics implicating northern workers because so I happen to know statistics. What are, what you know, are, show know me show me if uh, you know how many northern workers have actually been charged in these murders mm. because I can tell you the number is zero. <laughs> <laughs> and does anyone know how many murders we've had this year? Four, I think. And two of them were those twins. And two of them were the twin brothers. Yeah. We have a very low murder yeah. rate. And and I no, I'm not done with it. I'm not done with it at all because I uh, I think there's still a story to be told here. Mm. Well, no, I like how you're pushing the issue, right? Especially how this whole Kim, like uh, Jen, I was in Edmonton over the weekend, and uh, everyone that I've talked to hates this Kim girl. But no one knew who Jeff was, which I thought was interesting too. But like you said, he's new on the job. But it's just interesting because, like you said, he said it first, and then yes. she said. So obviously, this must be something that people are talking about. It's coming from somewhere. There's a perception somewhere that this is an issue that they have to address in Edmonton, and I'd like to get to the root of where exactly it's coming from. Hmm. Just all around this big meeting. Let's blame everything on Fort Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I wanted to talk about was interplay. With the whole, which is something I was very shocked at, with a bunch of the people that, I forget the road, it's not King Street, because obviously King Street's one right next to uh, Keanu, but it's the people on the other side of it. I think it's Alberta Drive. I don't know for sure. Anyway, they're complaining about how noisy it was. The concerts. Uh, <laughs> I was there, you were there too, the Saturday night when Fozzie, actually you were too. When I was Fozzie there pretty played. much every night. Were, did you go down for the shows every night? Like uh, For a bit of them, usually. They yeah. were all over the place with the... With the noise level meter, which I have no idea what's yeah. called officially, but like they were on top of it pretty good. But I really don't see how people can complain for this. Like, was it really that bad? Oh, I don't know because we were in it. Yeah. So but even then, like I know my girlfriend lives in Grayling Terrace, and she heard it. Yeah, but I I, but I heard Kiss, and I live in Thickwood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. And no one said shit about that. that. Like yeah. when I used to live in Abbasand, I would hear the concerts down on Mount yeah. Island all the time on you, Canada Today. So you know these large events are happening. Plan accordingly. Well, like, buy your earplugs. <laughs> stay at a friend's. Like every like, time they do the relay for life here, like we always get the little flyers in the mail. Like yeah. uh, relay for life is happening this date. Music. Sh- what well, they say they should be, should be shut off by eleven, mm-hmm. but there still be noise going throughout the night. Uh, please be mm-hmm. considerate and allow this event to happen or something like that. I don't think it says exactly that, but it gives you a heads up, right? Yeah. Which is something I think is mm-hmm. fine. Like really, what if I was to complain? And say, oh, this cancer, uh, this cancer fundraising event. Yeah, I want to shut down just because I can't sleep on a night shift. Like, I just don't see how where the the vibe is coming from. But I never had a chance. Like, you looked at the Facebooks today. I never actually got the. Re- was there anything after when I started no, commenting? No, after or what? you and another lady had commented. April. April. Yeah, on this guy who was complaining, there was nothing else written. That's it. That was it. Damn. There was no retaliation. I tried so hard to antagonize people, and it just doesn't <laughs> you know work. What? That same person would have complained if Foreman Murray didn't have anything to do in the summer. I think you're right. Actually, so a lot of people, like, this has been the, one of the hugest summers I've ever been here. Yeah, <laughs> And absolutely. there's still people saying that, oh, there's just yeah. nothing to do in Fort Mac. You know why? They're too lazy to get out of their house and do it. Mm. That's why. I can't I imagine. Still, I still see people's statuses on Facebook. Not statuses, but people commenting you know, on, on Fort McMurray and saying, oh, so glad I don't live there and there's nothing, never anything to do and, you know, a little crock. That's obviously not investigating or, you know, are too lazy to go out anywhere because there's so much to do now, especially for young people. Mm-hmm. I find with, uh, I find the people that, like, that make those kind of comments are the young people because all they want to do is go to a variety type of bars. 
which I, we've all done at one, po- one point <laughs> or another, right? But, like, to me, going down White Ave to the 50-some-odd bars and going to the 20-some-odd we have here, I really don't find any sort of difference because yeah. you're getting the same thing for each one. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just curious when I say that now, what would I have said if I was 22 or at 19? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember what, what me, me and you grew up at the same time. Like, yeah. what were we like? I think... Jen, we know we couldn't you get away from the bars. <coughs> we com- I think we complained, but you're at an age where you're a complainer. <laughs> I think you're right. You complain about everything. And we made our own fun. We made our own things to do. You go out to Gregoire Lake for the day. You I drink don't know. on the Birchwood Trails. Yeah. You. <laughs> I was in Toronto at twenty two and I still complained yeah. about not having things exactly. to do when yeah. I was in one of the last things in Canada. Yeah. There was tons of things to do. It's just mm-hmm. I was not doing them. Well, that's like yeah. I remember I was waiting to board a plane in Vegas, and the the ground handler came up, and we just started chatting, right? And I'm just like, oh yeah, what do you think of living in Vegas? He's like, I fucking hate it here. There's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, and I think the sign says "Entertainment Capital of the World." What's that? But I have a thought on that issue. Go ahead. Floor is yours to be saying, oh, there's nothing to do and to be, you know, whinging about it. They obviously don't have an awareness of their community. They don't have an awareness of media. They don't, they're clearly not reading papers or keeping in touch with what's going on in their community. And I think for those people, you need to call their bluff. You need to hold them accountable for their words and, you know, push them to investigate their own surroundings. No, that's really, a very, is there really mm-hmm. nothing to do? You know, why don't you have a look in... Why don't you go try to find something to do? Yeah. Um, everything Fort Mac on Twitter. and You know, there's so many things like that that are so positive for Fort McMurray and endless things for people of all ages to be doing. So these people that are so negative, we just need to call their bluff. No, that's a, that's a fine point because mm-hmm. I think I talked about it before where like a lot of these people that just move up here and like there's nothing they say oh there's nothing to do because they don't look for anything to do they just go down to the bar yeah right yep there's so many clubs here there's like kayaking clubs there's snowmobile clubs there's rowing clubs there's adventure club oh and everything sporting groups motocross yeah. oh, i God, mean yeah. the roller derby yes uh, for women which, which, I which kudos blew me away yeah kudos um, to you for that one there's a cricket team in town for god's sake that i'm trying to track down really? uh, to write about yeah there's a bunch of guys who get together and play cricket every weekend rugby is really you big you know and, and that's yeah no rugby's big there's something here for everyone to yeah. do no matter what their interest is there's yeah. a niche group that's going to serve it you but just yeah. have to find it but that's a good point though like maybe it actually is it isn't it isn't so much the town it's it's the age group that that we're dealing with mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. you're right you could have well like the tack guy in las vegas like the entertainment capital of the world and he's just like oh there's nothing to do here i'm bored yeah. shitless right Holy crap! I don't understand, too, right? right? If it's someone who doesn't like to go out and socialize, obviously there's nothing to do. Yeah. Like you need to get out there, and so many people just don't. They sit at home on their computer complaining. That's <laughs> yeah. so Twitter's for, isn't that what? Yeah. It, I, thought that was, I thought that was the whole I guess point. So, yeah. No, like I find ever since like I can't remember when I joined Twitter. It was a while ago, but like that's where the bonding of the community actually happens, in my, uh, from my perspective. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I find it's everyone, also the Twitter groups that are the ones that are like, oh, well, it's the tweet up here, or we're all getting together here, mm-hmm. or pretty much Twitter is the only p- stuff I do p- promote uh, the Wyman podcast as well as the Film Fest, right? Because, well, I just, the outlet is, I find that it gets more attention Absolutely. than an ad in the paper or whatever, right? I, we don't get a paper. 
at my house and I get up every morning and read Facebook and Twitter before I go to work. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's my newspaper. Actually, that's how Twitter is how I, I sort of keep tabs on things that I want to write about, yeah. to be honest, because yeah. that's where a lot of stuff comes to my attention is over Twitter. Did I get you hooked on Twitter? Or did yes, I set you up? You did. So, Jen, okay, I got Shannon hooked on it, Jen. I just got to get you hooked on it now. On Twitter? Yeah. I'm just a quiet observer. Honestly, all <laughs> no, I you're not. <laughs> leaders of five different countries and a couple of newspapers and yeah but those are the boring ones man you gotta get the people that piss you off like fucking the real truth or the truth hurts following and it's just a hard thing and i feel like the for the reasons i would post are the same reasons i would post on my facebook so do i really need to be speaking twice do i really need to be airing on facebook and airing on yes Twitter? because it's yeah. two different uh, communities it's a different <laughs> audience it's a different audience you know what there is actually a button you can you can do on twitter that it'll simultaneously post to both right well but who why does twitter need to know what i've posted on facebook i just don't i just don't really know how to use it yet or what hey i already seen your hashtag and so don't give me that <laughs> bullshit okay I forget you hashtag too, but when I read it, I actually laughed out loud. And Kings was like, "What are you laughing at?" I'll uh, I'll just say this, Jen. It's very good for blog stats. Trust me. When you put your posts on Twitter, you catch readers like you wouldn't believe. My stats shot up as soon as I started yeah. putting my blogs. I can tell whenever I post, like uh, I'll look at the podcast downloads, and whenever I post the link on Twitter, like I'll shoot up a handful. Yep. Is that something screaming? Or? It's a siren. Yeah. Oh. Now that I am blogging, I do want to um, get into Twitter. That's what I put on that post the other day saying, <laughs> who do I follow? What do I do? Okay, floor is yours, Jen. You got... You know, to have, to have as many readers as I've had for my first blog, it, I did put it on Twitter, so it must that must be creating some traffic. Like, I'm getting traffic from companies, that, companies countries like Germany and Singapore and the United States and the UK and quite a lot from Australia and um, and mostly from Canada and New Zealand but you know if if it wasn't if that that's not just Facebook generating that traffic it's because I posted it on Twitter so I really need to you know that's where the hashtags that's where hashtags come in selfish purposes <laughs> well okay floor is yours so let's talk about your blog what are you writing about hype it up sell it sell it to me <laughs> it's great at the moment, I'm covering gender roles, and, you know, from the time that I started being a stay-at-home mom, I really had to sort of change my identity, it feels like. You know, I'm not identifying with the same things that I used to, and all my interests have been changed, and, you know, I can't really talk, shop talk anymore, and I totally had to change my whole... Um, life. You can't talk shop talk anymore, but you can probably quote uh, Dora the Explorer, can't you? Sorry, I hate the Skype because all my jokes are just going down the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I said I, 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 you probably can't talk shop talk anymore, but you can probably quote Dora the Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put in a sound effect. Won't, won't, won't. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Keep going. Anyway, so I thought you know, Todd, shut up. is my outlet. I, I like to, I write better than I speak. In case you haven't noticed by listening to this podcast but um i i just had to put it all out there and todd i came to you first and i was like i'm gonna write a book and you're like no nah, i don't write a book no one will read your stupid book do a, do a blog. <laughs> like, okay i'll do a 
<laughs> okay, you make it sound so fucking. He's so encouraging. Come on, what did I actually tell you? I said no one's gonna read your book because you gotta build an audience. And how do you build an audience? You start by writing blogs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm <laughs> blogging about what no I'm No one would give a shit about my film fest if I didn't do a podcast. Anyway, keep going. It's, it's, a, it's a really extensive issue, the whole gender roles thing. It, it, it's not just about being a stay-at-home mom. It's going to go right into, you know, the workforce and, and gender equality in society. And do we actually have that? And wait, no, we don't. It's still a man's world, you know? And I'm going to explore a lot of this and talk about what it was like being the only woman doing my trade in the whole of New Zealand, you know, what that was like. And That's pretty impressive. And talk about transitions from being a, a tradesperson to being a stay-at-home mom and and how my feelings have changed and how some, some things, you know, that I used to take for granted I now appreciate. And, yeah, so it's, it's a big topic, and there's going to be some people that, you know, agree and, and disagree. And it's all based on... It's all based on my own experience. I'm not saying what I'm experiencing is going to be the same for everybody, and I'm not saying that my observations are right or wrong. It's just what I'm drawing on, and I want to write about it, and then I want to hear other people's experiences and observations as well. And I think doing a blog is a really effective way to do that, to have a discussion. No, you're right. This is why I started a podcast, just because I can't write where shit, right? So the um, so what's your blog address? Um, it's, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know what it is, Todd? It's High Voltage House. Wait, yeah, High Voltage Housewife, all one word, com. And it's very good. I've read it. She's actually sent me the, I sh- maybe I shouldn't yes. say that. She sent me the first four. They're it's really like good. <laughs> well, no, like, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll comment on you right now, Tracy. You actually became the kind of staple for blogging in Fort Mac. You have become the staple. Like, you're, you are the bar. The bar has been set for blogging in Fort Mac. <laughs> so, to, to Jen to hear that from you, Jen, you should take that as a highly compliment. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I agree with you, Todd, because I look at Teresa's blog the way I used to go to the Fort McMurray newspaper. I used to go to Fort McMurray <laughs> newspaper for. That's you know, awesome. It's happening, and I want someone's take on this. There you go, but better now than I can paper. The Teresa's blog, and it's a more up to date, more personal, more effective um, way of being updated with what's happening at home. We were talking about the impact of, I don't know if you were here, Jen, or not. If we were talking about the impact of social media. To go into like a grander scheme of things, I think it's the impact of someone's personal opinion. It's kind of having an effect yeah. in this day and age, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, <laughs> if anyone knows me for this podcast, they know that I'm not really a huge fan. Well, not, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just I'm not really into reading up on stats and, and giving factual information. I'm more interested <laughs> in giving my, <laughs> giving my personal opinion on a take, right? <laughs> well... <laughs> Fair enough. I just don't have time, right? If I if this is my full time job, I'd give you guys stats out the ass. But and I don't know. I find like one of my outlets here is just actually having a personal opinion and a take on things, right? And trust me, it's it's wrong ninety percent of the time, probably more than that. 
but as I just find it more easier to talk about a topic like we're doing now than an actual like I remember uh, Anja was arguing with me about the podcast before she, something about you don't give news or stats or something like that and I was trying to tell her I'm not a news agency I'm not a journalist exactly there's people that get paid for that that are all over this town right uh, basically I'm just trying to give a person like the common the common folk I'm trying to give what the actual people think of about uh, a, a, an incident right not what the politicians think not what the the police chief thinks of of the the twins murder of the actual people or, or specifically me right like yep. I'm sure on mine's not everyone's opinion and uh, I totally forgot where I was going with that <laughs> people's <laughs> opinions on social media hey, impact yes go ahead voice yeah we rely on media for an unbiased take mm-hmm. on events and you know happening and i think blogs and podcasts are a biased take on things and exactly. we need that to spark debate and to spark discussion and that's why it's so significant that's a good point i think that's an excellent that's point People want to hear other people's opinions. If you want to go to a restaurant, do you read the review or do you ask someone who's been there what it's like? Good point. Right? Yeah, when good you point. go on a trip, I know I always go on TripAdvisor.com Trip and look at the actual photos that people have taken yeah. and not the ones that hotels post on a website. That's right. No, excellent point because yeah. they're always going to get the fucking five star when the room next to it's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. no, good point. Excellent point. I was going somewhere with that and I can't remember. <laughs> I was leading to something. Anyway, so... Uh, Jen, High Voltage Housewife, excellent blog. Um, keep it up. Yeah, so I had a few readers for the first one. I just hope people who want to read the next one, that'll be the, the truth coming out. I, I think they will, Jen. I think you, you're writing about issues that um, relate, that a lot of women mm-hmm. are going to relate to. I know I certainly did. I didn't have my daughter until I was 33. So that transition from being a working person to being a mom was actually a difficult transition for me as well because I'd spent most of my adult life to that point working all the time. Well, it's not <laughs> so just... So it was a weird transition to make. It's not just women either. Oh, absolutely. Men yeah. will relate too. Yeah, it's this whole, you know, women um, women learn to be independent and it's empowering and it's secure. It's, um, it's really important. And, and then to go to being a stay-at-home mom, and in my case... You know, I don't have maternity pay. I don't have any government assistance. I've got nothing. I've got Nathan, and that's it. And it's a huge, I don't know, for me, it's a huge thing. And for a lot of moms that give up their careers, it's a huge thing. Um, I think in a lot of ways, before you've had a baby, a baby and a career are equal sacrifices in a woman's mind, you know? Like, it's that hard to think, okay, I'm going to have to give up one to do the other. It's, it's a really hard decision to make. And this is what I want to talk about because um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of media and like advertising and consumerism out there that makes us feel like we have to do everything. And I'm not saying every mom feels that way. I'm not saying every mom feels that pressure. I certainly don't. Um, but I want to pick it apart and I want to see... You know, why can't we just now, why can't we just be a mom and feel really fulfilled? And and why do we, why do we feel like we're letting people down by giving up our careers? You know, it's, it's not like one's better than the other. And I'm not trying to justify anything to myself or anyone else. I just want to air these things out and see how other mothers are, new moms and older moms, are coping with, with this. 
this thing I'm trying to get through. Yeah, no, it's interesting because you mentioned that it's a, it was a prime fight that me and my ex had uh, when Kingston was just born. Uh, she really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I simply told her that it's something that we could not afford. Uh, I told her, I said, I have no yeah. problem. If, if you really wanted to stay at home, you can do it. I like I will make sure that the house stays lit, like the heat's still on and everyone's fed. But the only issue that I had was, uh, like, uh, what did I call I call it an allowance. Mm. Like, I, I what I took up issue was me working, like, whatever, how many hours a week, and then giving her, like, 500 bucks to go spend on a purse or shoes. That was where I kind of, uh, to me, I, it just doesn't make sense in my head. It still doesn't. And like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have the same opinion as I do. But I, I gave her the option. But that was kind of, well, that was the start of when everything went downhill. We broke up a couple <laughs> weeks after the uh, many other problems. Oh, I think you're right. The money doesn't grow on trees. And if you want to stay home with your child, it takes a huge amount of sacrifice. With that career, go to your independence, including your financial independence. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer about you. You don't get anything. You go to Walmart and shop. And, you know, for most, in most cases, stay-at-home moms have to give up a lot. And, you know, I know this. I totally know this. And you watch every penny spent. And this is one of the things that you're tied to as being a stay-at-home mom. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I, I would like to try to be on the minimalist side of things. You know, I don't want to have a lot of stuff and I don't want to be excessive. And, and You want to lower that carbon footprint. You know, that's <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to achieve. But you can't, I mean, you know, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. And it's a, it's a hard thing to accept. I don't know. I'm just saying I think you're right. I think that if you want to stay at home with your child, you have to give up the handbag and you have to give up the... But it's kind of in, it's kind of interesting know? that you say it's a gender role because the situation I find myself into now is I have to make a career change to, in order to stay at home with my kid. Yep. You know what I mean? So, when I and this is just something I'm just literally cluing in now as we're talking about it because uh, basically I'm going through stuff with my ex for, for my son and I think in order for me to keep him, I'm going to have to not follow my career and just find a, a like a Monday to Friday, 8 to 4 job, right? So, it's just interesting. Your blog is actually affecting me more than what I originally thought when I <laughs> didn't read it. Yeah, see, I think it's a blog that a lot of people can relate to because it's about children and we all have kids, you know, and and so that's good. But on the other hand, what I'm talking about is that normal mom and dad, mom stays at home, you know, married family where they have the financial ability to choose if they want to have a stay-at-home parent. So, a lot of these things don't apply to everybody. In fact, these things don't apply to most people. I think everybody's got like a special circumstance, you know? Like like Jenny was commenting on my blog saying, well, I am going to go to work, but my child's not going to be in childcare, so I feel better about it. And like you're saying, you're a divorced, uh, separated, single parent, so you're having to cope with a lot of things that I don't touch on because I can't relate. So it's I think it's good to be able to talk to people in different circumstances because then it makes you see that, you know, your way isn't the right way or the only way. It's just what, what you're given is what you cope with. No, that's a good point. But I just think you... <laughs> see, now if you wrote a book, 
don't think you get that kind of feedback as much anyway. People like to post their comments on stuff. <laughs> you can't post a comment they on, a, sta- on a book. They want to stamp it, yeah. yeah. Although, this who knows, me. maybe you eventually write a book about it. Yeah. I've, I've got a couple of book ideas that I'm, I'm working on, and really? uh, part of the, the blogging thing is, uh, is, is a building shoe? a name and a reputation. Shoe book? No, it's not, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Around the world in, like, 80 <laughs> shoes or something. Blogging. The blogging is rewarding because you get engagement. It's cathartic. Uh, the book would be, a, would be written for a whole different purpose. It's yep. more a self-fulfillment, um, you know, getting it out on paper, breathing a sigh of relief that you've gotten those thoughts out sort of thing. You know, anybody that likes to write will know what I'm talking about. Oh, book. yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think book, I've now been learning that I think they would achieve two different things. The engagement that you get with a blog and the discussion gives a totally different feeling than, like, the therapy of just writing. No, oh, excellent. So, highvoltagehousewife.blogspot.com. You going to post again? When are you post the next one? Oh, yeah, this week. I guess I can put it up any day now. I just thought I'd go once a week. You know, no pressure. <laughs> Start slow. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? I know Shani got some notes there. Um, well, are you done with Interplay? Talk about bears. Yeah, I want to talk about bears. Oh, just the interplay. I'm just shocked and appalled. Like, that seriously, people yeah. complain about that. Uh, that one guy on the Facebook page is like, he was bitching. Like, he started off with a half decent argument that, of course, I was going to tear into anyway. But then, literally, someone, I think Steve commented on something else. He's like, and then he started bitching about the style of music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like, that, I'm like, his. His opinion just literally became invalid within a fucking like two threads. Yeah, he so. was more complaining about the banging on the drums, the kind of music that yeah. was being played, as like opposed the, to the fact that so it was really loud. I think he, for a man that knows a lot about losing credibility, I think he lost a lot of credibility right there. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm done. Like, sir, I, I I just didn't understand it. Like, such a Steve actually said a best on that on that uh, that Facebook thread too. That literally this this community needs an arts uh, an arts culture. Whatever. Yeah, this yeah. this town needs an arts community. There we go. And uh, just and I think Interplay embodies that essentially. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. I thought, I thought this festival was the rain really hampered things like big time. Yeah, it did. But the content, like Theater X, mm-hmm. I thought that was an amazing yep. addition. Like I think it went by. It was a really really good festival this year. Some little film fest that happened. I have no idea. This is so awesome. Yeah. In ten in the ten years I've been here, and I've been to every Interplay since we arrived in the city. It's mm-hmm. the best impressive. one I've ever been to. Location. We don't miss it. I've changed holiday dates to be at Interplay. And location, like, and, and <laughs> oh. that's that's why I'm really hoping that these people that are complaining about it don't cause it to move locations because I think this is an absolute ideal location. It's the perfect location. It it's it's an arts festival, an arts and, and culture festival. Yeah. With a a a, a college, which yeah. is where it should be. Exactly, an arts community. They, they right? work together beautifully. Besides, if they dump it at Mac Island, I think they're just going to lose people. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it won't be. It won't no. have the same feeling. No. And besides the, that person complaining on that site, I haven't heard any other bad things. Uh, I've heard people, I haven't heard anyone else com- complaining. The only people I've heard people complaining, but that's the only thing I've heard people complaining about. Yeah. I've heard a gr- excuse me, a grumbling from different areas. Okay. Facebook's the only place I've seen it actually written. If it was at Mac Island, people would complain there was nowhere to park. There's always going to be <laughs> yeah. somebody complaining about something about yeah. every single you event. You know what? Mac Island, like, I don't know if you want to like put this in the, <laughs> the podcast or not, but they do so much I feel like they're almost gonna get stretched thin. Everyone's Scattered. just gonna everyone's yeah. just gonna Scattered. bank on them for everything. Yeah, yeah. and they're just yep. gonna get pulled thin, and they're gonna half-ass all events instead of doing an awesome one event. That's a good That's point. That's what I'm scared of. No, and it's a valid point. I just hope that like we did invest that place to be like an event spot. But you're right; like you can't have an event there every every weekend and expect to be 
yeah. like dead just on the money like, each time knowing right? people that work there and how disorganized it is and how much they complain about everything even the small things it just makes me think that when an event goes off well like the kiss weekend yeah mm-hmm. i was expecting it to just be horrendous because i from what i heard i was like there's no way they can pull this off well i was impressed is that what you heard or what we're used to you know what i mean like name another format event that had twelve thousand people there's not yeah. many at all. And that just like, amazing. and like h- how, like, um, the outdoor hockey game. Which is mm, incredible. The Northern Classic. Yeah. Northern Classic. There was a lot of complaints over certain things with that. And really? I'm just glad that they addressed them and they improved it. Well, well they're on a learning yeah. curve. The, they're, yeah. the, these events have been growing in size and size, and they're on a learning curve. And I think that's the thing is they're going to learn something from each of these events and be able to improve and, yeah. and, and sort of capitalize on the things they've learned from the previous event. And I'm glad and if they keep doing yeah. that, I think it'll work out. I'm very glad well. that they're taking the advice or critiques and listening. Yeah. Well, like good. even with interplay, even if they just like turn the stage the other way, you know what I mean? So your sound's actually reflecting back towards, towards the piano. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to get as many complaints. There's still going to be people complaining. Because there's no one in those Penhorn condos anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Yeah, and I believe you had an update for that. What's the update on that one? Oh, I do have an update on that, actually. I right was on. Reading. Facts. Follow-ups. This is all new to me. I have no idea. Oh, I've read this, too. Yep. Yeah. So it's been, what, like six months, maybe? Five months? Five months. Has it been? Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Seems now, like um, they're going to a vote in September to decide what to do with the property. So they have three options, apparently, to repair the condominiums, rebuild them, and sell the land for what it is worth, or rebuild them or sell the land for what it's worth. So they just want people to put in their... Sell the land, but like, are they just going to do that up with all the owners? Like, how is that going to work? I guess so. I would assume yeah. so. I mm. don't... I assume all the proceeds would probably go to the condo association and so then they don't think that, like, you're looking at how many people is in that thing? Like, you're looking at... There's 168 units, I think. Okay, so roundabout number 450 per unit, and that's high, I think, mm. for the price of it. What's that? Off the top of your head, that's a couple mil. I don't know if they're going to get that much for that land, but I suppose anything to cut down the debt is, is better than nothing. Well, they still mm-hmm. do have the lawsuit pending as well. Which yeah. Oh, that'll be. I, mean, that'll I think be, we'll hear about that like 2015. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, which, with the lawsuit, they're saying um, it's estimated of eight million dollars in lawyer lawyers mm-hmm. fees alone so if they don't win that yeah. oh, <laughs> I'll be interested to see if that ever actually goes to yeah. court if that ever goes to trial no. I, I suspect you're looking at a settlement situation yeah. just to avoid it you yep. will none yeah. of these people want to go to court no I wouldn't want to <laughs> that's crazy what none, are the of these companies, none of these companies they, are going to want to be if they do court. sell the land it has such a bad name I think like do, do you or do you not think the land is attributed no. No. Building. No. Okay. No. All it's, it's not like marshland. Yeah. If they no. try to repair the building and resell the units, I think they yeah. have a harder time. Oh, yeah. But you think, yeah. I okay. think they could sell the land. A corporation will go in there, level the whole thing, and then just rebuild whatever the hell they want yeah. properly. I you know what I mean? I think that's the best yeah. option. But I just. But I wasn't I sure if it was a marshland or not. No, it, no it's, it's, it, it was complete building fuck ups, yeah. is okay. what it was, from what I understand, anyway. So these people that places are they just still paying dual mortgage yes jesus that is unbelievable she she is work she is lucky enough to work a job where she can work as much overtime as she wants if she didn't i know another girl who had to already declare bankruptcy it's wow it's criminal that 
this is happening yeah. to these people. So she's lucky enough that she I still has see for double sign income. Sales, or for sign sales. For sale I still signs. see for sale signs when I drive by. I'm yeah. like, that's just like, wow. What's sad. It's it sad is. to drive by them. I drive by we, them and it's just uh, pathetic. Yeah. We drove by them on the way to Interplay. And my sister's boyfriend is staying with us for the summer working and making money. And uh, in town, though, not at site. <laughs> 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 you, you stress both of those points. Why? I don't know because everyone thinks when people come up, they just work at site. But in town, has lots to offer too. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I would kill yeah. for a ninety-five job yeah. in town. And so um, while we were for driving by, salary I'm getting I just thought it was funny how my sister pointed out and was like, "And those are the condominiums." And he was like, "Oh yes," <laughs> just like it was like a, a viewpoint. That's of correct. Right. Like, well, we did make. I think we made national headlines with that one, or at least oh, yes. provincial, right? Did we oh, make yeah. national? We made like, national she just like pointed them out. That was crazy. Yeah, she's like, drive by them. Let's show them. Okay. <laughs> they still got the security there, though? Like, I know um, the windows are all boarded up now. Like, it I didn't looks see any. And there's lights on in it's a couple boarded. of yes, them. Yes, there are. The there quicker, are lights on in some of the units. The okay. quicker they bulldoze down, the better, because they're yeah. literally become an eyesore now. And besides, I'm pretty sure we can eat, someone will buy that land pretty mm-hmm. quick. You know what I mean? Whether it's another builder or if it's a company or something, right? Piano, maybe. Yeah, it's a possibility, too, actually, if they want to expand the college. So mm-hmm. follow-up. Excellent. Okay. Well, so when are they? That's September? September, they're doing the vote. Hopefully we'll hear something out of that. Mm-hmm. What else do you have on your list? Um, what about bears? Everyone seems to be <laughs> lots of big things. Everyone <laughs> seems to be freaking out. Like, what yeah. did someone say on Twitter? How to avoid a bear encounter? Like, yeah. is someone actually try not to don't, avoid a bear encounter? Like, I read this off a website from the police, and they said if you do encounter a bear, back away slowly from the animal with your arms raised over your head. If the bear charges, you should stay. And make as much noise as possible and not run away. What? That's right. If you run, I you're s- if but you no, I thought you were supposed to play dead, though. Uh, no. no? <laughs> it changes you all run, the time. They will chase you. Okay. When I when I was living in Northwestern Ontario, we had a lot of bears, so I'm actually very used to black bears. Yeah. I would come out in the morning, and there'd be a black bear sitting in my backyard, mm. and I'd walk out with a garbage bag, and I felt like just handing it to the bear because I knew what <laughs> he's going to leave for. anyway. That's yeah. really, he's waiting for it. <laughs> it's either that or he's going to break down my garage door to get the garbage. I mean, we'll just give it to him. Um, so I'm very Don't used feed the bears. to bears, and and generally speaking. <laughs> Exactly. Generally speaking, um, they're fairly timid. Okay. But if they do charge you and you run, what's the instinct of almost any animal when it sees something you running? You gotta kill it. Chase yeah. Any sort of yeah. predator? Yeah, but no, like, I thought, like, uh, obviously, yeah, don't run away, but, like, I thought literally you're supposed to play dead. I think that was more initially? if with... Uh, w- they said that initially with black bears, and I've heard that as well in relation to grizzly bears to play dead if they're, if they're you know, sort of looking like they're going to attack you. Yeah. And then if they actually attack you, you're supposed to fight back like hell. Yeah, well, because he's just going to chomp. Yeah, no, that's true. Anymore. Because you can win that fight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, go down kicking, yeah. right? Like, it's just what like I've heard shark. of black bears is you try to, you, you make lots of noise, you put your arms up way above your head, you try to look as big as you can, as intimidating as possible, so that they will I would feel that off. that would make them want to attack you. <laughs> like what? I could take this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the bears have like emotion where they become insulted and just like, what the fuck is this guy like, trying to do? This person sitting here making a lot of noise. I just feel like if someone was like picking on you. But what was the ordeal in the parking lot? In the Walmart parking lot? Like, was there one just like there was yes. a bear? Yeah, there was a bear walking down Franklin. I heard. Really? Well, yeah. apparently it was the one from the Walmart parking lot. It was the the, same the one? last report okay. I heard was that it was last seen heading down Franklin with Fish and Wildlife officers. Okay. In yeah. Wow. So <laughs> there's been low speed chase. Multiple. <laughs> They're everywhere. Like we, they've been in my neighbor's backyard. They are all over town. It's not just even one area of town. They're starving. Yeah. They yeah. came down after the fires, and, and they're, they're starving. It's actually yeah, really, really hectares is a lot of wildlife. These bears aren't going to survive no. because they're starving. I feel bad to death. because they've been pushed out, 
and now we're shooting them all. Yep. I feel so sad for them. My girlfriend had one shot behind her house and was left there for three days dead, might I add. Are you serious? Yeah, left in the alley dead for three days. Well, she was just like, she had small children and stuff. I imagine they probably were around collecting all uh, the other ones. She said it was just hearing the poor bear, like, crying. She said it was so sad. We actually, on site where I work, we, uh, they didn't, uh, usually what happens when I talk to the Fish and Wildlife, it's uh, two or three. I think it's two, two encounters, and then they must destroy. Yeah, and I know like, they actually they radio tagged down, one but up at. Sad. They radio tagged one up from site, eighty kilometers away from here. Dropped them off past Marion Lakes. Uh, I think it was two months later. Back up there it's again. Back. Yeah, that's and, fast. And that yeah. is the worry is is when they become habituated to people mm-hmm. and to food coming from people. That's when they have the potential to become dangerous, mm-hmm. and yeah. especially with with children mm-hmm. um as well oh, as two, poop two bear, poop bear, pets, yeah. you know i mean it's <laughs> oh, yeah, there's cute, the potential yeah. for harm no i think black bear and, and encounters with people but dangerous encounters are pretty rare i, I oh, yeah. yeah even as i said in northwestern ontario i never really heard of anyone being attacked mm-hmm. by a black bear but the potential is always there i've so. never heard of it here and i mean i remember growing up there's always been bear traps across from my house yeah. like across from birchard trails mm-hmm. yeah. and we used to play around them <laughs> How many times yeah. did you get trapped? <laughs> the, Shannon's in the bear trap again. Call official officers. Our neighbor's dog used to get into it pretty much daily. I think they hated us. <laughs> well, yeah. We had the traps on we, site. Like I deal with them all the time. Like well, the scariest moment I had was when the tra- like you were supposed to check the trap. We go and check the trap, and I see it's clo- it's closed. I'm like, holy crap! They got the bear right. So thinking the bear was trapped, mm. I go running up to it, and it's the two cubs. Oh, so yeah. mama couldn't so, yeah. have been very far and Around they somewhere. were screaming oh, so no. she was i jumped in the truck i <laughs> called for wildlife from my office i was like yeah it's there and they're like oh, okay what are you doing right now i'm like i'm not going back there because you got yeah. the two cubs trapped and mama's gonna be pissed yeah there's a lot of things that people can do to prevent the bears from becoming an issue though put your garbage in your garage mm-hmm. put it away in places yeah. where the bears can't access it if you've got pet food outside you know because i've your seen dog people outdoors, put garbage put out like two days house. before garbage day exactly <laughs> and, and they wonder why these wildlife is attracted yeah, yeah. Uh, when i was living in abasand the fox knew what garbage day was you never yeah. saw them any day of the week except friday because yeah. that was garbage day and that's when they would hang out yeah because they they learn what yeah. the schedule is no, that's yeah. true so yeah well stay we've avoid, <laughs> avoid a bear contact or a conflict yeah, at all costs don't run from them either <laughs> <laughs> that's right don't run from them what else you got on your list yeah i'll talk about the complainer thing you're always going to have people that complain you know about <laughs> next, okay that's it next and I, <laughs> sorry what <laughs> nothing go uh, i stepped on my foot I think for a while, the thing to do was to complain about Fort McMurray, and it was the it was the cool thing to to diss Fort McMurray, mm-hmm. and that was what everybody did. But I just think it's important to say that what you guys are doing, Teresa and Todd, you guys are slowly creating this positive um, outlook, and that's spreading. That's spreading like crazy and so you're creating this real um what's the equivalent of patriotism you know like a camaraderie of a fort mcmurrayite and soon people are going to be you know ashamed to be complaining about things that aren't worth complaining about and it's going to be frowned upon to be negative so and i think what you guys are doing is is making that happen and making people you know, stop and think before just opening their mouth and senselessly being negative about about town. 
No, you're completely right. Uh, I believe I can speak for Teresa when she said started the blog about that, and I can say for the podcast as well. The purpose of it was to try to change the image of Fort McMurray by giving an insider's view. I see people that actually hear well, that experience it. I see that, and I hope other people see it as well. I know they do. Um, I think you guys are really, really important citizens. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. It's very kind. Well, I think this whole Edmonton incident was kind of the first time that people felt the the backlash of the proud from McMurrayites, more or less, right? Where they made a comment, a negative comment about Fort Mac, and the people in City Hall's emails were blowing up for Teresa, right? Like it, it took it took on a life of its own that I didn't expect, actually. And mm. I found mm. there was support in a way that I didn't even anticipate. Yeah, which really impressed me. And I'm actually, it's one of the things I plan to write about this week is how proud I am of the community <laughs> for the way they responded to this. No, well, it, it, and it's it's excellent, really. Um, now that that was it about that. I just wanted to say about the bears. Um, you know, bears live in the woods and. <laughs> And, you know, now they're infringing on our community, but... So kill them all. They still belong there. They don't deserve to be killed, and it's so sad. And Mm -hmm. I think by being a bit more cautious is a way of showing respect to the animal. And, I mean, who really wants to intentionally harm the bears? But just by taking that extra effort to put your rubbish away and, you know, not leave your dog food out, it might be a pain in the ass, but... They deserve it. You know, they're like vulnerable children, those poor bears. And that's all I wanted to say about that as well. Well, no, and you got good points, but when it comes right down to it, you don't want a bear jogging down the street on Franklin Avenue. Like, like as much as I totally agree with you, I don't like hurting the bears. The bears need to stay in the woods. You gotta, Everyone's got to do their part. But when it comes right down to it, I do see a need that you really do have to well, to me, I like to relocate the bear, but obviously mm-hmm. there's points where you need to destroy the bear. Well, it's a dangerous situation. But before the, the bear destroys well. a human. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also a dangerous situation for the bear to be running down Franklin. Yeah. You know, they need to be yeah. moved if they can be. Yeah. But if they can't be moved, then it becomes an issue of... It needs to be proactive to begin with to, to, stop, to stop the bears coming in. Well, right now it's not uh, as much as I think... Garbage plays some part. It's the forest fires. I think yeah, is is and it, there's nothing out there. Like literally eight hundred eight hundred thousand hectares of forest burned this this uh, this summer, right? So it's uh, uh, yeah, garbage does attract them, but I think half of them now are, are actually just wandering the woods until they run into. Oh crap! I'm in Walmart parking lot, right? Uh, from my perspective, anyway. Like I don't know what happens south of Fort McMurray from in, in terms of fires, but. That's where I think the majority of them is coming from. Like they're not coming in because of garbage is being laid around. They're coming in because they got nowhere else to go. I'm good. Why? No, I saw I saw on your list that you've got boa constrictor. Yes, which well, is the story I, I thought that. was fascinating because if I found from, that, in this the, come from Russell or where did the story I come from? Don't know. I read it off of Twitter. Me I think. too. I can't. Because he seems who to did own it. that snipe area there. <laughs> He's always there fishing, right? Like so some of his pictures uh, with the eagle catching the fish is incredible. I don't incredible. think it was Russell. I think it was someone else. It was else. someone else, yeah. And then I seen it also on like a news link afterwards. There was like an article written up about it. But I mean, how crazy is that? But like, is it just a really big snake or an actual, like isn't boa constrictor like a type of snake? Yeah. Yes. It was like a six foot boa constrictor. That's it's huge. most likely somebody's escaped pet. Yeah. yeah or somebody got that. tired of it and, and, and released it. Go. This sort yeah. of stuff actually used to happen in Toronto all the time is they'd find people well, like escaped yeah. or released 
snakes. The alligator. Yeah, the famous <laughs> alligator sewer story, it's right? Yeah. It, they, yeah. it was. A, it used to happen yeah. <laughs> in yeah. places like the Don Valley. It's scary. Well, you ever go to the West Ed, like that underground aquarium in West yes. Ed? Mm-hmm. Like that sea turtle I have down there? That was someone trying to smuggle him through customs. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, and they caught him, so they gave him to the West. Like so, shit like that. Like people bring all kinds of wacky. Sh- like yeah. I don't know. Is there? I don't think there's a restriction on on snakes. Uh, but like monkeys, the Newfoundland monkey problem. I, th- I still think that's a folk tale. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that? that? No. But there was like the way the story goes is apparently there was a pregnant monkey that came in on one of the boats. One guy sold them or took them, whatever. Anyway, had a bunch of kids, and basically in this one town, I have no idea. I think that's why it's folklore. Basically, like there was like literally like fifty some odd clan of monkeys that like lived <laughs> like within the community. What? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so I'm assuming this shit like that happens yeah. quite common, right? Well, and I think it does. I think, but as in terms of uh, restricted animals, I think every municipality and city sets up their own laws as to uh. what is restricted. And I know when I was living in Toronto, I was actually writing for a pet newspaper at the time, oh, cool. and uh, and I was working in a veterinary clinic. Oh, cool. Um, and at the time, they were they were just bringing in um, some municipal legislation controlling snakes types of snakes and types of lizards that you could have within yeah. Toronto city limits and the biggest fear was that as soon as they made them illegal that people would start releasing start all of yeah. these mm. into the wild oh and that was God. actually something they had to stop and think about and so they grandfathered in all of the animals that were already in they city were allowed limits. to keep them now but they no were allowed new to keep ones. them but nobody could get new, new ones, ones because they thought all of a sudden we're gonna end up with you know hey 300 yeah. pythons smart thinking <laughs> yeah yeah no really eh? in downtown Toronto well have so. you heard that this is completely off topic. Um, I don't even know where I've heard it. I highly doubt if it's true or not. But someone told me a story once about how this person had this pet snake. And how does it go? They were acting really strange, really different. and um, So she took it into the vet. And the vet told her that the snake was like getting ready and like prepping itself to like eat her. And she had to get rid of it right away. What? Yeah, yeah, really? it sounds a little unusual. Yeah, <laughs> like it kept growing or kept like acting really different, and yeah, that's know. crazy. I've worked for vets, and they're they're not usually psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just the way that the animal was acting, she's like, yeah, it's getting ready. It's trying to get bigger than you, so it can like eat you. What's the problem with this snake? This vet. What's, yeah, what's the problem with your snake, ma'am? Oh, it's predicting the future. <laughs> I think it's an issue. What were we saying, Jen? I said it just sounds like a classic urban legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. So speaking of urban legend, the Red Balloon movie that was actually a pretty good take on urban legend. It was, yes. Did you like it? I did. That was one of my favorites yeah. at the whole film fest. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it in the film festival though, because I would have like <laughs> so scared. <laughs> I like watched it at home on my little screen, and that was good enough. Actually, you know, the one from the film <laughs> festival I still think about almost every day is reproduction. Yeah. Almost oh, every single you, uh, actually announced they're doing a full full length. Uh, I, I saw it on their, on yeah. their Facebook page actually, and I'm thrilled. I've actually mm. sent the link to that to several friends yeah. because I said this is something you need to watch. Yeah. That was really good. I watched it on my own as well and loved it's it. Stunning, loved it. Yeah, it very, made me very stop good. and think. I think about it every day. Yeah, no, I was really telling good. people at work about it, and they were all like, "Oh my god, what's the link? I need to see it." Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. That no, it was really good, Jen. If you wanted to check out some of the films from the film fest, or on the WildmanPodcast dot com site. Yeah, I watched. I watched the winning one. I watched mm. that um, documentary thing. What'd you think? Yeah, it was good. It, I didn't know what to expect, and um, I liked that it was done by local students, and it was really fresh and. Uh, it was just so real, you know, and it made me homesick, and mm-hmm. I loved the footage, the traffic, and <laughs> I was, when I worked at its site, 
um, you know, I loved my job and stuff. And um, when I would, every time I come back to Fort McMurray for a visit, I see all the diversified buses going out to site, and I'm like, oh man, I wish that was me going out to work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. But uh, so yeah, I loved seeing that footage of the taillights, and which is exactly what the film was. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called, taillights, yeah. Is that uh, Jack I hear in the background there? Oh, yeah, Jack's awake, so I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you should watch the reproduction one. Definitely. Yeah, that's next on my list, so I'm going to watch that. All right, for Wyman Podcast, I'm Totsky. I'm Teresa. I'm Shannon. And I'm Jen. <laughs> hey, we'll see you next set. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck.